0: Hey, guys, this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Kava Labs and Paraswap. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode.
1: What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are watching and listening Untold Stories, where twice a week we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, the brightest crayons in the box, the sharpest tools in the shed, and the people that really help my brain tick uh, and let me understand why we're here on this earth why we feel like Bitcoin and crypto became our, uh, uh, legacies, our livelihoods, what we what we geek out on all the time. We buy t-shirts and stickers and so much crap. And sometimes we want to understand why. And the answers are on this show. I'm so excited that I'm joined today. My first day back in the studio since April. I'm super freaking excited. John Burris. Thank you. You are, um, the, um, Chief Strategy and Blockchain Officer at Together Labs that owns IMVU, uh, a huge uh, social avatar platform that's been around for a very long time, millions of global users, a Wikipedia page longer than my own. You guys are doing some crazy things. Thank you, John, for coming on Untold Stories.
2: My pleasure, Charlie. My pleasure. Love the the show. Love the podcast. And it's an honor to be on here and look forward to sharing all that I can about, about the company, the business, our blockchain plans. Things we've got in market, so um, pleasure to be
1: here. We um, we're both we're both first day back from from Bitcoin 2021. I just want to talk about it for a second. What a tens of thousands of people. It felt like Burning Man plus Comic Con plus a, a, an early internet conference, kind of all combined. I'm still I still don't feel like I'm home. I'm walking around my my town, my little Main Street. The mayor is sitting drinking coffee on the street. I live in a small town, but I don't feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm in this big thing. Uh, uh, What are your reactions to everything? I I
2: felt the same way. I felt the same way. You know, um, I think through the relationships and friends in the industry, you kind of sensed that Bitcoin 2021 down in Miami was going to be a big event, right? But who knew what that meant, uh, given the pandemic and everything else kind of rolling around here. Um, But being down there and realizing on, uh, I'll say kind of the first big day at the show, you know, Thursday, that lines were wrapping around the block people waiting two and three hours to get checked in. Um, uh, Just a sign of the enthusiasm, right? Everybody showing up on time in the morning, packed event, uh, packed event, uh, oversold in a lot of ways. Awesome.
1: The first day Uh, there was a 90 minute wait.
2: That energy is just awesome to kind of, you know, let wrap around you a little bit.
1: That first day there was like a 90 minute wait. It was um, um, thousands of people trying to get in and that, when I was sitting, I was traveling in that morning and then I remember seeing myself, oh, like another, you know, the whole world is looking at us right now, how we do this logistically. Um, it's already falling apart. But really it, it, it didn't. There it was like a, a very short bottleneck. But by the middle of that day and the next day, uh, everything was running so perfectly fluid. And I remember showing up on Saturday. And my job was to host the, the conference on Saturday. So it was great. I got to, I got to introduce the mayor of Miami-Dade. I never thought I'd be introducing politicians on stage at a Bitcoin. I said to her, I said, Hey, she said, I'm the most, hi, nice to meet you. My neighbor, my name is mayor Daniela, um, um, Kava and she, uh, of mayor of Miami-Dade County. And she said, uh, mayor Daniela Levine Kava. And she said, I'm going to introduce herself as the most second, most powerful woman in Florida. And I said, I never thought I'd be introducing politicians on stage. And she said, I never thought I'd be at a Bitcoin conference in my life. And it's just crazy.
2: It's bringing worlds together, isn't it? It's bringing worlds together. It's it's, it's great to think what the mayor and others there in Miami are trying to do. Uh, big fan of it, right? Trying to lead a little bit here.
1: So there's like uh, um, a lot of people believe that. And I want to actually. Oh, did, so did you visit the the Mint Gox Gaming Center? So half of the conference was this. It was, it was like a physical metaverse of 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 what was going on in there in the Mint Gox eSports arena.
2: It was. It was it, interesting. I'll call it, you know, blockchain Bitcoin conference in that um, chunks of it were kind of what you'd expect, you know, booths for, you know, exchanges and third parties and those around the Bitcoin ecosystem. But then the huge art section, maybe we can talk about NFTs and the art area there. And then to your point, a huge kind of gaming section, folks playing games, eSports. Um, I think leaning into some of the early blockchain games, Um, and uh, pretty cool, pretty cool to see, right? And again, those areas weren't just little sideshows. Those things were packed as well, right? Lots of energy. It in was those
1: it was even more packed than than everything else. What yes. do you have any any takeaways? I collected a lot of business cards. I got so many pictures of people. And if I met you at the conference and we didn't get a chance to speak or whatever, um, my email address is like right there in my Twitter profile, and people contact me all the time. But what were like some of your takeaways from from the conference?
2: I think the first takeaway was that even with, you know, market volatility or a kind of, you know, regulatory uncertainty in certain parts of the world and everything else, the energy of the the folks that are driving this industry forward is still super high, um, if not as high as it's ever been, right? Um, The number of companies kind of pushing forward, the number of opportunities in this broader blockchain space. Um the politicians even kind of starting yeah, to lean right? in a little bit. I, awesome, right? So I left there re-energized. Not that I necessarily needed it, but it's always good to kind of go in there, get plugged in to folks that eat, breathe, and sleep this. Because in every industry, in the gaming metaverse industry, there's folks that are all in, and there's some folks that are still kind of sideline watching it a little bit. So personally, just great to get energized. There,
1: and you know what wasn't there? There was zero hostility towards any other altcoin or anything. There was so much FUD. From, from the global media fueled by the altcoin world, unfortunately against this, oh, Bitcoin maximalist event. And it was never, why can't we have a Bitcoin his, history event? Why can't we have an event that glorifies that, that is Bitcoin and, and the reason that we're all here today. And you know, I'm going to the Ethereum conference in Paris in July. I'm not gonna like give a Bitcoin speech. Not that I don't love Bitcoin, but I'm not there to talk about Bitcoin. So the whole point was, is like, there was such an, a beautiful, I mean, the guys who even ran the conference have two or three coins and tokens that they've issued themselves, I think it was such a, but it was, I was nervous because that attitude and energy is going to set the precedent for every other conference to come. And, And if there's any maximalism after this, from any side of anyone, there is no place for you in our industry, the Bitcoin or crypto industry, leave. We don't want you. We don't want maximalists. We don't want people who believe in any specific one thing. There's no reason for you. But John, I've been like taking over this whole show because I just have so much like. No, no, it's excitement. good. The
2: energy. I, sense I know, good. I know.
1: So wait, so I want to. Okay, so let me. let's get in kind of like my first question and thoughts that I've been thinking about here. I envy you. Um, and I love how like it actually means nothing to the, the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys have. so So when it comes to like. Socioeconomic coins and tokens, cryptocurrencies, but also in-game currencies. Yes, half of it is software and math, but the other half of it is, is the people. And I heard a great quote. It was like, like social, not just like social action and reactions, but like continuity and how we all like act with each other and buy and sell things with each other. Um, you've, yeah. developed, you've developed Vcoin that will serve like global online economies, but you've pressure tested it. Um, between the players and the blockchain service providers and all the different like people involved in this. And you really believe that this could be that global in-game token uh, across multiple games and metaverses?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, at InView, this you know 3D social avatar experience, right? And really one of the pioneers of the space, been around 16 plus years. Uh, and to your point, millions of global users, over a million daily active users, What it has out of the box before we even started to bring kind of crypto into the metaverse um, was um, a vibrant, super vibrant economy. I'll call it like a virtual economy, right? Um, On the InView platform, all of the virtual goods that you may purchase for your avatar, the the outfits, the the furniture for your rooms, the rooms themselves, um, the animations, the things your avatars can do, the avatars, all created by users. Right, all the nightclubs you go to, all the all the bars, all the restaurants, all the beaches, all built out, run sometimes hosted, produced DJs, nightclubs, dancers, all run by users. Right, with That's a massive so cool. economy. Right, fourteen billion credits plus changing hands every month. So we already had a massive economy led by the users themselves. And to your point, kind of has this this real world economy feel to it, but it was and a lot of these metaverses and gaming platforms are missing some real-world components. One was the ability for every user on the platform to be able to earn real value, right? Uh, uh, that's why we introduced Vcoin, right? So that every user, as they pay each other uh, globally uh, across the platform, um, users can start to accumulate a Vcoin, which is a digital currency um, and can be turned back into fiat if they so choose. It could also be turned into other crypto assets. It's yeah, as, as we get into it, you'll see it behaves a lot like, smells quite a bit like a stable coin. It's not a registered kind of, you know, uh, stable coin in that way. But um, our users see it as a stable store of value that they can exchange with each other beyond just these credit systems or gold coins that might exist on any gaming platform. All right, so that but was how, just one component of our overall strategy, but a key one that's
1: in market today. How does it mean? How does it maintain that stability?
2: You know, um, and one important point about Bitcoin is we actually engaged with the SEC and earned a no action letter, right, mm. really only the third crypto centric no action letter from the SEC and really the only one that's live in market. Um, some of the, the, what do you want to call them, guardrails or rules around that no action letter are that in view, we actually sell Bitcoin at a fixed rate and we buy it back at a fixed rate. We do take a transaction fee and there's fees on the platform. Uh, but you know, it's kind of that we buy and sell it at a at a fixed rate. So, it's so a, that should create some stability. You
1: know, but it is a it is an ERC twenty token. It is. So how cool is that? You have a token where where it's you are the only issuer and redeemer, and or you, like the only official one. And right. wow, that's and but because you're guaranteeing the peg, uh, yes. it creates an ecosystem. Uh, yes. Do you, yes. do you see price fluctuations? Do people ever try to, like, uh, take positions where they have to, like, uh, uh, like, for example, if I wanted to short it, not that I could, because yeah. not that I would want to, but if I want to go long, like, what, is there yeah. a, a governance aspect to it?
2: Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, we launched um, with a portion of our user base in, in mid-January, and it's just starting to pick up steam on the platform. And then. Users can take it off platform to your point. ERC20 can be sent to any Ethereum wallet. Um, as that takes off, as that takes, as it goes off more and more off platform, I think we'll start to see a bigger dynamic. Today, a good portion of the V tokens are in the metaverse. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this fluctuates um, or how it kind of you know moves in the broader market. It will be interesting because it would be a fairly straightforward asset if it's being you know sold at a lower price than it should be out in the out in the wild to purchase that and bring it back to turn it into fiat, right? Or some other assets. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic flows.
1: I mean, you could build you could build like a whole monetary policy around it and then re- like slowly remove yourself from it. I could see that being part. And if that's like what your blockchain uh, economics office is doing, I want to be a part of that. It's like my favorite thing to do. I love being part of like figuring out the levers of, of these mathematical and social problems. Um, yeah. And you have like very novel new things. So didn't you You guys ran uh, the first ever virtual fashion show, like a runway event? I think it was back in May. Um, yeah. And, no, yeah,
2: we just did. We just did. And you know, that's really kind of phase two of our, of our kind of you know, crypto kind of play across the metaverse, which is enabling true ownership, right? Via NFTs um, uh, on our platform. And the first part of that was this, I'll call it kind of real fashion show. Fashion makes up a huge part of our platform, right? You're you're buying clothes and stuff for your avatars. This, though, was done with real-world designers. Then their goods were created into goods that could be purchased in our marketplace. And um, uh, a press release will drop soon here (laughs) that will announce the NFT offering of those items, right? And so look forward to lots of kind of, I'll call it NFT Capabilities across our metaverse, given again, millions. We have over 40 million unique items in our marketplace, 10,000 plus new ones a day created by users. And some portion of those will start to become also NFTs sold on platform, off platform, secondary markets. Um, we just want this to go. We want to, to kind of enable that next gen, you know, virtual economy. We think are NFTs you, are a big part of that.
1: And what do you, how do you see that? You know playing out within the metaverse and how would you describe this like metaverse word
2: yeah it you know the metaverse for our users um because our platform is so social centric right you're not running around to each other or playing complicated games um it really is their social time so metaverse for us is a is it really a place to live right? you can our users will hang out for hours on a friday evening or a saturday evening or when they have time at work um they'll pop on the platform. And spend time with friends that they've had for years friends they've just made on the platform go into rooms around topics that they like say a sports team or a music artist it's a place they live so for us the metaverse is a place they live play I want to use this friends yeah.
1: I want to use this as a as a, as, a, as a little bit of like a, a, a lesson for people who don't understand why what you just said is true and a lot of people if they don't understand it uh, even you can tell them a million times but they won't like believe it so here, A lot of people ask me, Charlie, you know, what John just said, you go meet your friends on the virtual world. Why would you do that if at the end of the day, there's better ways of social interacting? Why would you both log into this like physically limiting virtual world? And I give them a story. When I was younger, I didn't have many in real life friends, you know, as you call it, IRL friends growing up for whatever reasons, we could write books, can be written about that. I don't care. Um, But I had a lot of internet friends, people I'm, you know, I've met in IRC rooms, people who. We've met you know, on internet forums and where relationships were tested. For example, a hacker is coming at me. My internet friends are here to protect me, are like helping me out. All of a sudden, I'm learning how relationships should be developed, how friendship is about loyalty and all these things. I'm learning this online, on the internet, in social worlds, in the IRC chat rooms. One day I go and I decide I have two best friends and we want to go meet each other in real life. Um, and I traveled to Norway and it was great. Like we all met and We spent a few weeks together and we were like hunky dory and it actually looked awkward. It was like me, this short little Jewish kid from Brooklyn with this six foot tall guy, all black, yet, like goth, everything from, from the UK. And then a Norwegian guy who, and we're still very good friends. But the moral of the story was we liked it better on the internet. We couldn't wait to go home to reassume our identities, even calling each other. Like they would, my, my internet handle was Yankee. Like even not calling me Yankee, like calling me Charlie, it was awkward. Not calling him Knox instead of his real name was awkward. That's why people do what they do, and that's why the metaverse exists. Is is this? Do you think this is how we bring on that next ten million users, hundred million users into our industry?
2: Yeah, I, I I really think it is. I really think it is. You know, I think in a lot of ways, 2020 accelerated that adoption. People started to get more comfortable and in a lot of cases even enjoy uh, connecting with friends online, right? And family and others. Um, maybe even make some new friends, right? Or I think about, you know, even crypto centric events where you're having, you're having a drink and you're meeting somebody in the industry, right? Um,
0: it's like there's still some awkwardness. This is the there. next
2: step. Yeah. yeah this, this is really the next step where users can, um, and in some ways it's physically limiting, but it's not, uh, you know, when I call it, you know, represent, you know, virtually limiting at all. You can look any way you want, dress any way you want. Um, if there was a re- representation of the Bitcoin 2021 conference, you could walk in with your t-shirt, your Bitcoin 2021 shirt, you could see all the people in the room, you can see what's going on. It's, it's, it's unleashed in that way, right? Um, um, it, because it's virtual, users can look and be and do anything they want, go into rooms, be with friends, be with people with like-minded, and it's really that next step. Like if you were chatting with friends online 10 years ago, it's really that next, next step, right? As we think about a you know, clubhouse and things, it, it, it's 99% audio. This yeah. is that next step of, of, of really engaging, right? Um,
1: Can we go way. to like a completely ready player one universe or is there something in between?
2: I think, I think we will. I think we will. I think it will, it will come in different you know, waves. It'll take a while to get there. Uh, companies will need to work more together um, than their separate kind of fiefdoms uh, over time. And I don't think we'll ever, you know, it'll ever become maybe that hopefully that dystopian kind of world where that's all we can do. Right. you you can't wait to get home to plug into the virtual world, but I think it'll be a bigger and bigger part of our lives. Right. Um, I think everybody in the social space, all the big players, they know it too. Yeah. They see it. They've tried to invest, they're investing, they're trying to lean into it while they still do their, you know, social feed that just goes up and down on your screen. They know that this will be a big part of the future. So do all the gaming platforms. Every single one of them talks about social. Oh, no, no, we're not a, uh, you know, a runaround shoot'em game, right? You know, fr- fragging friends. No, no, we're a social platform. Yeah. Everybody sees the vision. It'll just see how long it takes to get there.
0: Hey, guys, I am Charlie Shrimp from Untold Stories, and I'm on my way to Bitcoin Miami, somewhere south of Washington, D.C. Who knows? Excited to tell you about the fact that Paraswap. Our amazing sponsor and my favorite decentralized aggregator not only offers multi chain transfers on Ethereum, but they've just launched it on top of Polygon and Binance Smart Chain. So you can go and amalgamate all of your type of decentralized transfers from buying tokens, selling tokens, transferring between things. If you use Uniswap, One Inch Exchange, any of these other decentralized aggregators, you're paying gas fees and you're doing all of these. Uh, on-chain transactions for every little thing that you do. Whereas with Paraswap.io, you get to actually go and pre-define all of your transactions and all of your transfers, who, what, where, why, and when, pre. So then when you hit submit, it all happens in there publicly, uh, open source smart contracts right in front of your eyes almost instantly on all of these different blockchains. Check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash paraswap. That's untoldstories.link forward slash powerswap and I am heading south. I will see you all soon.
1: Our partners over at Kava Labs and Binance just launched something really cool and awesome new integration where you can earn 10% APY on your hard stable coins using the Binance DeFi platform. This is actually pretty cool because Kava Labs has been doing DeFi, but actually in a decentralized way, offering governance for their token holders and not only with their stable coins, but their lending products, all their different, the ability to stake and vote and earn different yields and liquidity mining. So not only is Kava Labs doing that, but partnering with Binance gives it that awesome, like full trailblazing go ahead to offer these really, really good yields with, an amazing partner, Binance and Kava Labs together. Check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash Kava. That's untoldstories.link forward slash Kava. There's always some specials and crazy stuff going on. Enjoy. Over the last real six months, a lot of people decided they want to get involved in this industry, and they, but they realize in order to do it in a big way, it, it'll take them a few years to do it. Uh, there is a coordinated effort right now by a lot of these folks to keep us in this like short to medium term bear market um, in order to like, not in a negative way, but they, they want it. They want our industry to be and our prices to be less seen as like just hyperbolic craziness and more of like tamed correction and then constant growth. They want that to be seen because these are people that want their tokens or their like, if they're mining Bitcoin, if they're issuing tokens, they want their, Assets to be seen as collateralization. Collateral. Coll- they want their tokens and coins or whatever to be seen as like collateralizationable, like to be able to, uh-huh. you know, like like. Yes. If in order to move capital from something else into whatever they're moving it to, from something to something else, that needs to be seen as like stable or like the you know not like crazy lunatic gambling. Stable ish. Yeah. Stable ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so they're helping us become stable-ish right now <laughs> yes
2: yes i know and i think that's part of the market dynamic that we're going through right as these new i'll call them entrants into the blockchain crypto asset space you know take on big chunks of of the assets and market you know what you know one in I don't know, 1.5 trillion today uh, of assets you know the the you know there's the market will change it'll look and feel different the way yeah. these corrections or these movements happen i think will change too because so I think they're learning about how the market works or how to engage, and it'll be interesting to see. And I think a lot of us launching new assets in the market, we love the idea of appreciation. But we, to your point, a little bit too, we'd like to have it be you know, not stable is the wrong word, right? But it's but we'd like to have it be a little more kind of aligned with growth and activity and supply and demand, all good things, right?
1: You were I still at, you love were, the super
2: exciting parts of this space.
1: Well, you were like very invested in the in the '90s boom and the .dot com and stuff like that. Yeah. Did we pass yeah. that time? Was that 2017? Are we headed? To, are we still coming, creating like like stupidity still? Is the excitement more than what we're actually putting out? I think
2: you know what, and I appreciate you bringing that up. I was actually I was a young engineer, just two two years out of college, when I was at Netscape and pre-IPO um, in '96, when the first kind of browsers were just becoming more consumer. Um, facing, and um, we got a front row seat there of this company go public at two plus billion dollars and craziness. Wow. And as you know, we all know, right? The internet space and all these crazy early valuations. I think, um, I, you know, it's it's because there's so many assets in the crypto space. There's gonna be some 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 you know crazy excitement up and oh, down, nice. right? We're gonna have some of those Doge like plays that are just you know out of control and exciting and bring in folks or wash some people out. Uh, but I think, uh, I believe that there's there's more kind of solid projects, more solid businesses, more thoughtful, uh, more uh, more experienced teams in some ways coming into the space the last two, three years than there was maybe in an in early rush in, in 17, early 18. So yeah. I do feel good. I feel optimistic, way optimistic about the future as you look at the stability of a lot of these projects. Centralized, there was no vaporware. Right?
1: Smart there, place, yeah. There was no vaporware just going through the exhibitor booth at Bitcoin 2021. And don't forget, a lot of the companies that were there were, were companies that, that accept other coins and tokens, issue them, operate them, within whatever they do. But they were there to just kind of uh, be more exciting and to glorify that, you know, that part of Bitcoin or its history or, or like why Bitcoin gave it its, its business model today. But there wasn't vaporware. There wasn't no, bullshit. Agreed.
2: agreed. So that every, like gave me a lot booth. of comfort. Yeah, that's right. There's some great companies there, right? So, oh my god, yeah, um, yeah. I I partly went there just to be just to be a fan a little bit and show up at some of those booths and you know shake hands with folks there. So, um, you know, uh, I agree. I think these these companies are just and you and you can see it in the way these um, crypto and blockchain companies are hiring um, and the growth in these in these categories. It's it's just going to get more and more robust, more and more real. More and more real value being created, I, I hope we still have awesome appreciation, right, and we will I think, across the space, but it'll be choppy it'll be choppy at times for sure
1: that's a that's a very, very good way of putting it, and it used to be like the question was whether this industry will exist i mean i love I love the the naysayers of Bitcoin and crypto are getting so much stronger. You see the New York Times and Bloomberg, some of these folks like why would you be? that person that's constantly declaring bitcoin dead over the years and keep why would you why would you ever want to like label yourself into a lose-lose situation ever and some of these people that are doing it like the joe weisenthal's of the group like like it doesn't make any sense why you would put yourself in a situation of being that contrarian indicator and where it's a zero sum game to negative uh it, bitcoin and crypto its existence is here it's its existence proves its existence it's like someone asked me it's like how do you know like I asked a rabbi and he's like, how do you know God exists? And he told me, well, the fact that we're talking about God proves its existence. Like it was a cheeky answer, but um...
2: I like it. No, I I think you're right. Right. And the the broader the base of people, you know, into crypto assets, the broader the base of people uh, building companies in this space. And I think in the gaming metaverse space, um, you know, there's lots of kind of crypto first plays. We're one of the early kind of, you know, larger, substantial businesses, profitable, that's getting in and going all in. On crypto we'll see some even bigger players i think over time come into the space it's just going to create a bigger and more stable foundation more and more people in the pews so to speak right <laughs> you know um that i think will prove out this existence and
1: there, uh, it's hard to say. Um, it has
2: already been a success in a lot of key categories like fintech and things like
1: that it's constantly and even the success that it has it still hasn't even reached its like killer app um you know you don't you don't know what you don't know what don't we know about running a crypto company? Are there like quirks or things that uh, are different when you have like a division or like a separate company operating crypto focused type software or whatever? Um, is, is there like differences in, in just what time you start the day even?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Our, our partners and the space we live in, right? This crypto space, It's 24 seven and I have never seen a space go global so fast. So it's global. And our partners that we leverage and work with, um, the partners that run some of the technology that kind of make out our, I'll call it crypto platform, international as well. So it does change the way we work. Um, I think it's also a, a different exercise to take a company that's growing. And by the way, almost almost all of the companies in the gaming and metaverse space have, have had a great you know, 2020 or over the last five plus years have grown in an awesome way. It's tougher in some ways to bring crypto into those environments because things are going so well. Um, so that's kind of a, 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 a play that one has to work through as well. Um, and I'm not sure if you're getting at this, but I'd say too, having built three companies and grown kind of big kind of P&Ls in the past. This is a space where, unfortunately, you spend a lot of time talking about regulatory things. Mm. How does our crypto asset work in this country or that region? Or, you know, you spend time on the phone with legal folks trying to sort through what you can and can't do. So that's also kind of a twist that's unique to this space. I hope it it will get cleared up more and more over time.
1: trailblazing legality. And a lot of it is intention, too. Thankfully, the governments do look at intention. They're like, what did you intend to do, which is always an important thing. Uh, and I I do like that, so hats off to that. Um, for sure. But to 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 bring it back, like, what type of applications are you looking to to be built on here? Like, my my listeners are are gaming developers, they're crypto enthusiasts, they're everyone. Um, I want to have them like check out the site, download, play, uh, yes. get involved. Um, what 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 do you see missing? Do you see any gaps? Do you see any any things that you want to uh, build?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know what? I feel like um. The Our metaverse in, included, as well as the broader gaming space, um, for the most part, a lot of the businesses and companies centralized, decentralized, have done an awesome job of what I'll call the virtual goods economy, right? Where we know how to sell avatar clothes and skins and reward creators um, behind that. We do that probably better than anyone. Um, but where there's a gap still is on the service side, if you will, right? Mm. The peer-to-peer um, interactions. There's almost there's very very few gaming platforms where users can directly pay each other. And I don't mean an in-game currency, but I mean pay each other directly, easily in game. Right-click on your avatar. I just paid you.
0: Really? There's people. no way to do it.
1: Well,
2: like there's ways technically. Yeah. These folks haven't enabled that, right? So you can do a lot of things. You can you can you know trade skins and do things like that. But they actually pay each other. I guess you could pay each other in other virtual items. And you know, no, you're right. Same, you know, not the same. I like the idea too that our users find ways. So yes, even on all these other gaming platforms, and you're probably aware—I know your listeners will be—they'll find creative ways to pay each other, quote unquote, right? They'll pay each other in in certain gun skins or other things offline. Yeah, Um, there's there's things that have price.
1: Yeah, like Second Life.
2: Yeah, yeah, but but the idea that it's easily integrated—we we were real conscious about integrating crypto in a super familiar way for our users who are used to spending tens of millions of dollars a month to buy in view credits. Now they do that the same way, credit card, any other payment method they can buy Vcoin, instantly have it in their account, can easily send it to somebody else on the account. they have it in two seconds, you know or a second. Um, and that kind of you know low friction interactions with a real asset, real currency that they own, they can take off the platform. Um, that's that's new. That's new. And our users who are super creative, like all of these gamers and metaverse users are, They'll find ways to take it off platform, pay each other, right? Pay their rent, buy a yeah. new computer. Um, That's kind awesome. of
1: how like the, the, the real world economy works too, in a way, uh, the yes. virtual economy yes. and the real world economy. Um, how, have, how have the users who have not, pre is, is it simple to like explain to users who have not used crypto, but have used like in-game tokens before that they're now using like this crypto thing that if they, for example, send to the wrong address, they can never recover?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it is. It is. First of all, one thing I love about the gaming metaverse space, and I, I, I think I'd like to believe it's the next big category of crypto growth because our users are super familiar with purchasing, buying, selling, trading digital assets. Right. The idea of them putting down twenty dollars to get twenty dollars of a digital currency. Um, They're familiar. Uh, that, with That is very familiar, and whether it's real bucks or V bucks or or uh, view credits, and now it's V coin, super familiar for all of our users, right? I mean, as a gamer, you know this. Written gold tokens, silver, you know, bronze, very familiar. Um, so that's an easy behavior that's already there. We do have to explain with them, and once they realize and start to trust, hey, wait, this is this is real money. This this works like real fiat, but I can but I can send it over to my virtual friend in France, and she can send it to her friend in the Philippines. And then they can cash out and use a debit card, don't a bank account, to turn that into to money to, to spend at a coffee shop. Um, super powerful. So yeah. in a lot of ways, we have a great behavior. These folks, they're already into it. They get it, right? Um, uh, and it's just putting this in front of them in a simple, simple way. If it's a cluster for these folks where they got to plug in their hard their hardware device and, and link up and remember their private keys and all, that's going to slow adoption big time. Um, The hardcore crypto folks have figured that out, you know, they're comfortable in those environments, but the mass market, um, they need to have it simple and clean the way it's always been, if you will.
1: Well, how do you how do we maintain people like holding their own keys, but at the same time have that user interface really, really nice where like if you have someone if you have someone download your game and then to open up an account or to play online and open up an account, they got to. Twenty-four words. Write them down, and then like re-enter them. It's like a whole process, and it takes time. It but at the same time, if someone like opens an account, and then it's custodialized first, but then they have the option of moving it off, and you're telling them that—that's my opinion. Potentially better. Uh, yeah. How do you yeah, guys dealing with this? We think it
2: is. We think it is. You know, it's almost like let's meet all of our users where they are today, which is in game, and they can click anytime they want and see their V coin balance, see every transaction. Um, have that authenticated, or we have that audited to make sure everybody, everybody's everything's everybody's aware of all the activity and then we will help them if they want to you know move their vcoin you know into a separate wallet uh, we actually partner with uphold on the back end of our platform. they can move their crypto assets easily into their uphold wallet now they have full control and they can send it to any other um, any other wallet or hardware storage device and so we're there to like let's let's have a big funnel and bring everybody into the house and then insofar as they want to get a little deeper or take it off platform or you know hold it on their ledger device let's help them um right so we're trying to meet that market kind of where it is which uh, today is still adopting these crypto assets
1: i can't I can't wait until um a lot of these a lot of these gaming currencies offer the ability to like um for example um you have a, a, an IMVU you know, bank in the game and this bank wants to issue uh, loans to people to build out, you know, their virtual castles. I want the ability to like invest in that bank.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, we think we think that there's and I, I'll toss this out too early. And this is the first place to kind of share this too. We say see a global digital currency that's compliant, like Vcoin, being a key part of the ecosystem. We see NFTs and true ownership. Every gamer and Metaverse user wants to be able to truly own the items they've purchased or earned. And then finally, we do think this, this marketplace, this ecosystem, also needs um, kind of more of a listable, you know, appreciable yeah. token asset, right? Um, that is a little bit like like a like a gold, if you will, on our platforms in the Metaverse um, that could be listed on exchanges and um, and appreciate over time. Yeah. Our users invest, as you know, in all these gaming platforms. Users invest so much time and energy into these platforms, building out things, playing games. Help! They'll invest, you know, thousands of their own dollars into into um, into these games. Um, they drive it forward. I could so to see... have having a way for them to participate in the growth. We think is also important.
0: Yeah. I could see.
1: I could see you guys having a situation where you know IMVU and VCoin like it stays the same. VCoin stays like you're the you know it stays uh, um, stable. But you have a mechanism where if like someone's willing to hold it in their accounts, like a CD, you know, provide that stability for you guys. There's some sort of like governance token that's launched that you get only by, by holding by staking. So it's like, you can't buy it and it's energy transfer, you know, it's energy transfer. It's limited because there's, there's only one mechanism to earn it. And it's like predictable how you earn it. And then you'll see that governance token. As soon as you start to have like, certain type of votes a few times a year that will maintain a value because your users will be earning that. So if I'm earning something now, I have my own value that I've created. You're going to see it trade on exchange. It's so cool. Things like that.
2: I think, I think what you're throwing out is a, is a smart play. It is a smart play, you know, because we back all the Bitcoin we put in market. There's, there's smart reasons just even financially to have users invest and hold. We also obviously are, Growing out a metaverse of users, we love loyal users. So the more they invest and kind of hold or are active, and to your point, the more they have a voice on the platform, platform, um, they're likely to spend more time um, on the platform as well. And I think as I share all these assets too, it's important to point out we don't think that our assets are going to be the ones to rule them all. Sure, sure. Right? We think other big ecosystems and crypto makes this um, super seamless and, and and low friction. We think people can move assets between metaverses change their v coin into other currencies as they as they become viable. Um, and uh, and that growth can be across the metaverses, right? Insofar as, and we want to, as insofar as people want to partner, right? And work together.
1: I love that. That's the best attitude. Right. John Burris, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on Untold Stories today. Uh, it was super fun hanging out. Um, sorry we didn't get to meet at Bitcoin 2021, but maybe next year, or maybe See we'll so. do Bitcoin 2022 in the virtual world, in the metaverse.
2: Hey, maybe we will. Thanks so much, Charlie. Really appreciate it.